goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that every week by sharing the stories and advice of those who are rocking it on the other side. And we know that all advertising is marketing, but not all marketing is advertising. So we thought it might be nice for you to hear from someone who runs marketing at a large company, someone who manages his own internal agency and works with some of the best advertising agencies as well to produce Super Bowl spots, over seven spots in his life. Incredible. Casey Herbis is the chief marketing officer at Rocket Mortgage, the flagship brand within the Rocket Company's portfolio. He oversees all marketing initiatives for the company's in-house agency while driving new innovative strategies to captivate the audience of the nation's largest and most trusted mortgage lender. So, under Casey's leadership, Rocket Mortgage has earned two consecutive number one rankings atop the highly coveted USA Today ad meter. This is the leading ranking platform for Super Bowl commercials. In 2022, you might remember the company achieved the honor for an advertisement featuring Barbie, before all the hype, and actress Anna Kendrick promoting the benefit of finding and financing a home through Rocket Homes and Rocket Mortgage. Oh, and also in 2021, the company took home both the number one and number two spots on AdMeter for two hilarious ads featuring Tracy Morgan. So, Casey does a lot. In addition, he assists the marketing efforts for other successful businesses in Rocket companies, including the Rocket Pro TPO and Rocket Homes, helping to elevate these brands in their respective industries. His leadership helped Rocket Mortgage earn its place in AdAge's best place to work on the 2021 list. He joined back in 2017 after 24 years in automotive marketing, most recently leading advertising and communications for Fiat, where he successfully reintroduced the Fiat brand to American car buyers. So this is a fast and dense episode where we learn from the man himself on what goes behind crafting an award-winning Super Bowl slot. And if you listen you very well might be one step closer to breaking in and crafting your own one day. Boom! Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I am your, I am your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How the heck are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, Gino, summer is uh, still here holding on by a thread, uh, but it's a uh, great start to October here in Detroit. In Detroit. And in Detroit, you're working as the Chief Marketing Officer at Rocket Mortgage. Not a car brand, right? I think Detroit has that... uh... That history. Of there's no, uh, there's no shortage of uh, Detroit advertising uh, jobs that are solely focused on automotive. And I did automotive for 25 years and been at Rocket now seven years. So I've got my uh, had my long, long fill of uh, an automotive life. Okay, so we'll talk about that. What what else are we going to talk about today? I think we talked before. You can't ignore uh, the Super Bowl prowess that your company delivers consistently. I believe you mentioned to me before this uh, recording started. 
you've been a part of seven Super Bowl commercials in, yeah. your, in your career. Yeah, so I've, I've been fortunate to uh, be part of, let's see, it was three Super Bowl commercials uh, when I was at Fiat, uh, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, and then we've done four at Rocket, and, uh, you know, it's, um, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's the pinnacle of, uh, you know, a year's worth of planning uh, to see you know, your, your blood, sweat, and tears over seven or eight months uh, yeah. gone in 30 or 60 seconds. Yeah. And uh, not cheap nowadays. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it's a, it's a cheap venture uh, money wise, but definitely a lot of impressions. And uh, it seems to be pretty successful on your end with the ad meter. What, how many ad meter first places do you, do you have under your belt now? Two, three? Um, you know, so we've been fortunate um, in 2021 and 22, um, our Tracy Morgan Super Bowl commercial and then Barbie with Anna Kendrick went back to back number ones. Um, the first time we did number one, it was the first time a financial services brand. If you think about ad meter, generally it's, you know, it's beer and soda and, you know, NFL, Google, and there's a first financial brand since 1989 to win ad meter. And there's only two other brands that have gone back to back like we have. I think it was Pepsi and Doritos. So it's a pretty good company to uh, be a part of. And, you know, that's what gets us excited about, uh, you know, jumping in a Super Bowl with big ideas on the world's biggest stage. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm on the other side of it. You know, one of the agencies pitching for it. It's always fun and, and brings so much energy uh, to any creative agency when there, there's a Super Bowl pitch uh, underway. So I, I would love, I think we should definitely talk about uh, what it's like on your side, maybe some of the stresses behind it too, and what you're looking for. Cause how many, I guess, how many pitches or how many like uh, sample pieces of work are you going through and reviewing uh, for a, one Super Bowl spot? Yeah, great question, Gino. So I can, I mean, based on my experience and what I've been a part of over seven Super Bowl campaigns, it generally, when we start, we'll start off with upwards of 150 ideas. Um, and all over are, the place for, or all, from like different agencies or is there consolidated? Yeah, you know, everyone's going to approach it a little bit differently. Uh, we've, we've utilized agency uh, partners. We're primarily an in-house agency at Rocket right. and my right. team pitches. I want my team to win like nobody else. Uh, but at the end of the day, as you mentioned, it's about a $20 million you know, investment for Super Bowl. Once you think about buying a 60 production, everything that goes along with it. And um, so we'll, we'll go to outside agencies uh, and, you know, relationships that we have or agencies that reach out to us and want to pitch. And, you know, starting off after the brief, we'll start with 150 ideas through several rounds. We'll ultimately get to about, you know, eight or 10. And at that point, we're looking at, um, you know, rips or animatics or whatever it might be before we make that ultimate decision. So, it takes months and months. I mean, but if you're going to go on the world's biggest stage and you're going to do something that's impactful, you got to start big. You got to start big and just continuously work the ideas. Um, and that, you know, at the end of the day, there's only 65 advertisers or so that step into the Super Bowl space. And uh, I want to make, you know, my, my firm belief is if you're going to step on that stage, make an impact and be memorable. And that's part of the process. Gotcha. I guess what's the best slot you think in the Super Bowl that you guys pick, or would you like? Yeah, to listen, have? the math math will tell you it really doesn't matter. I mean, granted, the game, the games, the last five, ten years have been pretty, pretty close. My personal preference is like second quarter, about within about five to ten minutes of halftime, um, and that's more. You, know, you can look at ratings and attention. Um, it pretty is, it's pretty consistent if the game is being well played and, uh, the score is pretty close. 
but my feeling is I think about I think about my wife and kids actually that they love watching the very beginning you know all the pop and circumstance at the beginning of the game then they tune out and when they know the halftime is coming that's when they kind of lean back in so hmm. I've used my wife and children as my uh, focus group but generally uh, yeah. second quarter is my preferred uh, preferred spot so but- yeah. When you're watching the Super Bowl, then what's your setting? Are you at a big party? Are you locked in the corner of your house? Like for me, I'm watching it alone because yep. this is my world and I yep. love this stuff and I take notes. I'm on Twitter or X and I'm and I'm live commenting as well. So what's your setting like of your your watch party? For right, great question. Uh, if you were to join us for Super Bowl Sunday, there's uh, we're at the office starting about three o'clock that afternoon. If you have a spot, you're saying we have a spot at the office. We have like a war room set up in which we have our. If you're if you're airing a Super Bowl, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm curious. Then, yeah, let's keep going with that. But I also want to know if you don't have a spot. Like, are you still the same level of engagement? Maybe a little less stress, but continue. This is interesting. So you you have Rocket Mortgage has a spot. Let's say in theory, what's that day look like? Continue. Yeah. So uh, if if Super Bowl, if we're on the game, uh, the big game with a Super Bowl spot. I'm down at the office by about two, three o'clock. We'll have 50 to 75 people there. Uh, we have our, our website, our social PR. We have engineers monitoring the sites. Um, we have our digital and social content creators there. And so literally as the game's starting, we're ready to engage, right? We're ready to engage in any teasers, any pre, uh, pre-work that's done. Once the spot airs, obviously we're turning on all the switches, right? Our social, our dot-coms. We're, we're real-time commenting back and engaging in social spaces. We're obviously yeah. using the platform of the game to do it. And, you know, I usually don't, don't put my head down on the pillow until about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning um, and then wake up the next morning and, you know, see what America has to say. And if we're not in the game, quite honestly, this past year we were not in the game um, and that I had done – I've been part of four Super Bowls in a row and I decided to go to the game. I got to be oh, honest with you. Nice. I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of the spots until the day after, and um, I usually don't enjoy the Super Bowl if we're in the game. I'm working, and so this past year we were not in the game, and I said, you know what? I'm going to the game, and I'm going to enjoy the game as a as a fan, and uh, you know, I'll be the I'll be the uh, you know the armchair quarterback on Monday morning with the rest of America. Yeah, yeah, and I want to get into that. I guess the post. Uh, Super Bowl coverage. We know the ad trades are all over the all over this. Everybody's got their two cents. It seems like every thought leader, every chief creative officer has something to say. Yep. I guess how do you measure success? Is it the ad meter? Is it the Super Clio? I'm sure every pl- publication has their favorites. Is there an effectiveness measurement that you go to your shareholders or your boss, whoever that might be, and say? And they say, good job to you. What What's that value, evaluation look like? Yeah, great question. Um, so a couple of things. One is from a creative standpoint, as I mentioned, we firmly believe like we, when we, if we're going to go and invest this type of money and the time, we want to quote unquote, win the Super Bowl. Um, and so ad meter for us, uh, the USA Today ad meter has always been that benchmark of something that we look at. There are other, obviously, is I think about Ad Week and other publications that cover it, uh, YouTube Ad Blitz, for example, is another one. Uh, but we focus on Ad Meter as our, as a, we'll call it the Critics' Choice Award. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, you're going to spend that kind of money. You better be driving business impact. So, what we're trying to also a KPI that we measure is, 
you know, what is our site traffic? What is that engaged traffic? Not just the day after or a week after the game, but how do you create maybe a new sustained, um, you know, uh, site visit and engagement with our brand on, online. Um, and then, you know, those are two of the main KPIs that we, uh, we gauge as we enter the Super Bowl. And, you know, and, and then beyond, above and beyond that, obviously social sentiment, PR, and what is our earned media, fortunately, you know, going back to back to number one at USATA Ad Meters, garnered a lot of earned media and positive sentiment, which is fantastic. I mean, you know, we all know the case studies of brands that they woke up the next morning and it was, you know, a dumpster fire of negative sentiment or sure. a board wasn't happy with the results or whatever it might be and, you know, or social, social faux pas. And, um, you know, obviously no one wants to be in that situation. Right. How many times do you have to, how many podcasts have you been on or how many times have you had this discussion? Um, I love doing, you know, a, a number of them, but I will tell you, Gino, I love talking about it and that. Okay. You know, um, I just don't want to be, I, yeah. I want to just make sure that you're cool talking about this. I and, love it. And, Cause it's great. It. You think about there's only 65 brands that get a chance to be in the Super Bowl every single year. That's right. I, yeah. That's a, it's, that's a great uh, way to quantify it and yeah. like put it into perspective. But and to me, that's, wanna... um, it's seven months, it's seven months of my life. Uh, in that really starting from October through kickoff, like I'm working 89 day hour weeks. Um, you know, um, during COVID at the height of COVID in 2020, I wasn't home for six weeks because we shot uh, two separate weeks in LA. COVID was raging and my wife wouldn't let me home. So I literally, I'd be in LA for a week. And this is back COVID when if you were traveling, you were supposed to quarantine. And we, I have younger children and uh, I was in LA for a week, came home and I went and stayed at a hotel for a week, went back to LA for another week came home for another week so i didn't see my family for a month um my goodness. because i was focused on you know in doing the right thing on behalf of my family obviously keeping them safe and healthy but we had a super bowl to deliver so like a couple of times i literally you know this is these are stories to be told but a, 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 on a number of occasions i would literally drive I'm, I'm pointing out my window here i would drive by the house and talk to my kids who were standing on the front porch and I was, you know, out in the street in my car, you know, over the course of that month because I wanted to see my kids, but I wanted to make sure they were being, you know, they maintain their safety and health. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely sacrificing, you know, for, for the great work. I mean, it takes a lot on both sides, the creative side and, and, and your side, it seems like and your yep. team works tirelessly. I want to just kind of break up this conversation a little bit here and do some quick yeah. fire questions, if that's okay. And then we can get back into this kind of like uh have a little fun here, a little quick fire. So uh, just some basic questions. What do you prefer, coffee or tea? Uh, you know what? I'm not a huge caffeine guy. I'm going to go with diet. But, but you know, now I've had, I was a big Mountain Dew guy. Now I'm into tea. Okay. I, you're into tea. Uh, Super Bowl, what, what would you rather watch on, in a perfect, perfect world, the game or the commercials? Commercials. In three words, describe the pressure of creating a Super Bowl ad. Oh, uh, butt, butt clenching and uh, panic. Butt clenching, panic. That's the second three. I mean, it's a hyphenated one, so we'll count that as two. But uh, butt, butt clenching and uh, panic. If you were to go on a road trip, who would you rather be your road trip buddy? Anna Kendrick or Tracy Morgan? Hands down, Tracy. Uh, one, of the night, one of the nicest, funniest 
like genuine people you could ever meet. I love that. And it was great too, but Tracy for sure on a roadie. And uh, if you, uh, I want to describe the Rocket Mortgage Classics impact on Detroit in just one sentence. So there's a little bit of switch up here. So maybe there's some context that needs to be uh, uh, brought to, to light here. In one sentence? Yep making a discernible impact on the communities that we serve rocket pro rocket homes rocket mortgage if they were movie genres what would they be oh wow rocket pro uh that would be rocket pro would be a movie i'm gonna go bull durham uh rocket homes uh home alone all right that's an easy one rocket mortgage avengers there we go. If Rocket Mortgage were a superhero, this is crazy because you just said that. Uh, what superpower would it be? What, what would they have, Rocket Mortgage? Changing the world. Um, you know, so maybe, uh, you know, I'm going to go a little Tony Stark, a uh, little Tony Stark industry. So I'll go Iron Man. And what's your favorite charity passion project right now? Oh, wow. I have uh, many of them. Um, both of my children are adopted, so I'm very close with an adoption agency uh, called Bethany Christian. And uh, I, in my younger years, and I still have a lot of passion for this organization, but uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Now, pick one of those, and how would you pitch someone to support one of those charities? Um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, literally taking an hour out of your time every week will have, a, uh, will have absolute no doubt positive impact on a young man or a young woman's life uh forever i love it and now spartan football what's going on not good three words uh three words um unfortunate uh unfortunate circumstances and perseverance all right that's enough of that but great job that was fun right yeah Put you on the spot there, break up right. a little bit of stuff right there. So we talked a little bit about Super Bowl. I guess like what else do people want to know about? You know, how do you pick the agency? I guess like is it the best idea? Do you work with the agency yeah. later on? Like, does this if the you if the agency sells the Super Bowl slot and you produce it, and you make it, you air it, it goes well. Does that open up the doors for more creative projects down the line? Is there an AOR that you guys have? Or do you have multiple agencies kind of doing different things? Yeah, so at, at Rocket, we have an in-house uh, creative team. So I have 100 team members uh, that we service over 12 of our fintech brands within the Rocket Corp company's portfolio. So outside of Super Bowl and the multicultural work we do for our Black and Hispanic audiences, all the creative that you see from Rocket Mortgage is developed in-house. Um, in the cases where we've worked outside with outside agencies, we were, um, we've done three of our spots with High Dive, uh, a great mm -hmm. shop right in uh, downtown Chicago. And then we have some relationships with multicultural agencies, uh, Marca out of Miami, UWG out of uh, uh, New York. Um, and that, you know, we'll work with the agencies on project-based project stuff. Um, and that, again, generally, you know, we'll produce over 25,000 assets, 1,400 videos uh, on an annualized basis with Rocket. And that is primarily all in-house. Um, and that it's creatively developed the strategy, the creative development and the production is all in-house. And with, again, those exceptions of being, uh, you know, big, big moments like Super Bowl yeah. and our multicultural work. Are there any, any other big moments uh, other than uh, those two that you usually 
we'll have an outside agency help out with. Yeah, any yeah. In the past, we've worked with outside agencies, like for movie uh, movie partnerships. In the past, we've been we've been partners with Star Trek, uh, and then we did Avengers. Ironically enough, uh, uh, Infinity War. We, we oh yeah. An outside agency, and so when and it's not a matter of if, but when we um, have the chance to work with a movie studio again. We'll open it up to outside, uh, outside agencies because I think it's Does your internal agency, do they get mad? Are they, are they, you said that you open up, they can yeah. pitch, right, for the Super Bowl. So they probably understand, like, this is, this is high stakes. You're kind of looking, I'm sure, for the best idea. And sometimes the third party, yep. fresh idea can, can, can trump, can win that. But you're, you're not shutting out the internal agency you're saying for these big moments, right? You're yeah, just looking for the best enough. idea that's meeting all the criteria that we've already talked about. Is that fair? Yeah. Best idea wins. Uh, again, when you're making wins. that type of investment, you have to have the best idea. And again, I, there's nobody that hopes that our rocket agency wins a Super Bowl pitch more than myself. Now, so they're always going to be in a middle round, right? They're always going to get some, like if they the have last, a good idea, yeah, the last, the last two years, of the last two Super Bowl spots that we did, Gino, uh, the Rocket Creative, a uh, Rocket Creative idea, if not two of them, were in the final four or six. Oh, so great. It's, um, and, you know, we've worked with High Dive in the past few years, which is a smaller, medium-sized shop. And so when we've worked with High Dive, our creative team literally is almost the second unit. Right. The digital, the social, the, the uh, behind the scenes. So you kind of reduce some of the scope on High Dives or whoever that agency is and in, in feeding back to your internal agency. So yep. kind of yep. a win-win there too. Yeah, as we well. almost bolt, we bolt on. Um, we, just don't, we just don't create a 60-second Super Bowl commercial. Generally, a lot of our ideas are actually all of our ideas that we've done for Super Bowl are campaignable. And so that's where our in-house agency bolts right. on very nicely. It's just not the same. How do you continue that? Hypothetical. If the internal agency sold the big spot, would you have a, a, a third-party agency come in and help support? Because it's just bandwidth, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I would imagine you might need to call in some extra yeah, help. I mean, you know, I'll be vulnerable in real talk is that was, that was a, there was an idea two years ago that it was one of our finalists and that was the plan was if we were to win it, if, if the Rocket Creative team were to win yeah. it, we would bring in, you know, external like production, Just, uh, production company. And you got it. Uh, you got to help support because these, these people support. are probably going to go, go crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, work them. Uh, who's judging like who in the final round, like you said, you got four ideas. Who's making the calls. Is it just you? Who's like, what's the team look like on the, who's stamping it? Yes, this is it. Yeah. Uh, great question. So in the past, uh, generally, the, our creative director and myself, we pitch the ideas and we take them to our chairman and our, our CEO. Uh, and then what we've also generally done is I'll take the ideas to our executive council, uh, which is our rocket team members, like our, our executive leadership, um, of which we ask for feedback uh, along the way. But ultimately, we'll take four to six ideas in. We have a recommendation. And generally, we align on that recommendation. I mean, there have been some behind-the-scenes stories, obviously, how you land there or, you know, you, you had one idea and then maybe the talent or it was cost prohibitive at the end of the day or timing wasn't on your side. And we generally will have a backup plan uh, in case, you know, we'll call it the go-ahead idea uh, potentially falls apart with talent or timing or, you know, production. And so you Are always you, gotta, the you media, get nervous. The Super Bowl moved. Do you get nervous when you have to pitch it to the executive 
forward? Are you excited? What, what's the what's um, the internal? Uh, ner- nervous in that you hope that the hard work that you you and the team have put in pays off, and that the idea that you believe in and the strat you know the strategy and the idea that you've helped develop and believe in is well received. From, so mm-hmm. from that standpoint, I'm confident in the ideas. Um, is what I always say. Uh, what I always say, Gino, I will never put an idea in front of somebody if I didn't believe in that it was the right idea. And that's why you're in that role and they trust your opinion. Yep. You got to be confident in that. I think that's a good lesson for all of our aspiring advertisers listening and marketers, right? If you get hired as a junior, you got to be confident in your ideas and when you're pitching them. And if you believe in them, you work really hard on it. Or, and most importantly, you also have to know and be confident when it's okay to walk away. Yep. It's hard for people when they just start off. They get so married to the idea and then uh, it's tough. It's like their baby. We hear that. They don't have thick skin yep. just yet. And uh, just go back and create more ideas. That's what we get paid to do. Well, there's a thing. There's an analogy that I use. Um, I call it the drawer. And that there are a lot of good ideas that sit in a drawer. And if that idea isn't bought, it doesn't need to be thrown away. It doesn't need to be, you know, tossed out with the trash or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's okay to put an idea in the drawer and then maybe you you pull out that drawer once in a while and you maybe work on it a little bit more or it's the right idea. I'm sorry. It's, it's the right idea. Wrong time. Right. I've seen ideas come back. There's no, there's things that I've gone like, remember that thing we saw two years ago and we'll literally pull open that drawer and go, Man, so now maybe the right time for this. Well, no, no, this is actually really interesting, right? Because you said you see about 100, 150, 150. Super Bowl ideas. Yeah. So who owns those? Do you get to pull those out and work on those whenever you want? Or is that the agencies or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, great question. Um, we'll, we quote unquote own them, but make no mistake, Gino. If I were to, if I were to see an idea, you know, and we put it in the drawer, let's say, per se, and then a year or two later, we're like, hey, remember that, whatever. And we pull it out and like, let's go do it. I would go right back to the agency. You're right, right. In theory, yes, that that's ethically sound, right? But you don't have to, right? You own the idea. And some people, I'm sure, just like, hey, remember that one idea? Let's pull that out of the drawer and yeah. let's just have our internal team. Well, I can't. I can't speak for what others have done or do. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of our one of our operating philosophies um, at our company is called is uh, one of them is called do the right thing. And, um, and that's how I grew up in this business. It was always about doing the right thing. And, you know, that, uh, that would be absolutely what I would do. And I want to talk about that. So you said that you've been at BBDO, I believe, uh, agency side for quite some time and you've done internal and then you've, now you're kind of the CMO of an internal and you work with agencies. So you have a hybrid of all these different, uh, experiences within creative marketing. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, when I graduated from college a long, long time ago, Gino. I spent 17 years on the account side, uh, on the agency, BBDO, working with car dealers. And then uh, then I was I was asked to join Chrysler. So I was working with Chrysler dealers. Then I was then I joined Chrysler on the client side for seven years where, you know, if I was in Super Bowl mode, um, I helped launch the Fiat brand in the U.S., also Alfa Romeo. Um, if I was in Super Bowl mode at Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, I had 15 agencies around the table, right? Um, we had creative, digital, social, t-shirts, so, uh, dot com, uh, experiential, whatever it might be. And then here at Rocket, 
I have the best of both worlds. We have 250, 300 team members on our, in our in-house agency. So what I tell people, I spend half the day being a CMO over 12 brands in our FinTech portfolio, mortgage, homes, loans, et cetera. And then I spend the other half of the day of being a chief operating officer of a, you know, 250, 300 person agency servicing 12 brands. So I'm, I'm presenting plans, you know, media, uh, creative, strategic go-to-market plans to, you know, CEOs or, you know, P&L owners of uh, our fintech brand. So to me, it's the best of both worlds. No, yeah. Do you think every large brand should have this hybrid model of internal agency and then also calling in a third-party agency? You think that's the right balance? You've been on both sides here. It, it, yeah. Would you say that's your recommendation to the other CMOs out in the world? Um, I get asked that a lot um, of, of how I feel about it. And I will tell you, I love having the in-house agency um, in which, you know, if you were to, if you were a client and you were in Gino, you were to say, Hey, listen, I, I work with 15 agencies. I'd be like, that's insane. Um, you would, should think about where can you start small? Where are the, where is the right place to maybe start small with an in-house agency? Maybe that's some, some below the line work, some digital and social content, performance marketing, and then eventually build yourself up. Um, of which, you know, again, outside of brand planning, uh, brand media planning and buying and Super Bowl or movie uh, creative, everything's in-house at our place. So um, now on the flip side of it, what I always say, my biggest fear about running an in-house agency is that I will get ideas or thinking that only I like because they know what sells. And so what I, my biggest fear, and that's why I tell the creative team is make me feel uncomfortable. If you're not making me feel uncomfortable or I'm not forced to look over the edge, we're not going to win together. Yeah, there's safety in-house, right? That's what we Very, learned about in undergrad. That's what we learned. And uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true nowadays and how you combat that, but it's, it sounds like you're, you're, that's your take on it. And, and the, the thing that I've learned in this podcast is it's always best to start out agency life. You please Absolutely. correct me. This is why I tell people, correct me if I'm wrong. You've lived this. You manage both now. Is the best route to go if I want to be an account executive or a creative director, art director, whatever in advertising? Is it best to graduate and then break into an agency and then perhaps try out client side five, 10 years later, maybe go back? But is that the correct route to go agency and then client side? Or do you see value looking back at your career? Maybe you would start client side. Maybe then you would hop agency side. What is the right break-in strategy in general? It's not, a, you know, stories are different for everybody, but what would you do? Yeah. Um, and so my advice, and I have the chance to talk to a lot of young people. You just said you were up at, you had spoken to Michigan State students. I speak to students a lot. Uh, I get asked that question a lot. And my advice is I wouldn't trade my agency experience for anything um, in that I really honestly believe that the best clients are made from those that have had agency experience because you understand the inner workings, the dynamics of an agency um, in which, or so what I recommend to young, younger people coming out of school, um, one is agency or an in-house agency. Yes. This um, is what I was going to follow up and ask you yeah, about because now there's in-house in agents. In yeah. Well, there's multiple brands. You have 12, correct? Yeah, we have 12 and literally you can, you know, like what I encourage young people do is they, they join us out of school is, you know, like, Hey, if you want, if you're in media, that's fantastic. Learn everything you can for a, a year or two years, whatever it might be. And then 
If you love media, stay there. If not, now let's move you over to like, we'll call account or maybe it's strategy or social, whatever it might be. And so we, I really encourage younger people when they join us to, uh, do you, you think know, there's more areas. Do you think it's easier to be more mobile and uh, mobile and, and transition within an in-house agency rather than a creative like third-party agency? For me, I've always thought it's hard to do that. Once you're in an a, a advertising agency, external third-party, once you're a strategist, it's pretty hard to to go into account or you know. But is it easier in-house? Um, it all depends on the size and the scope. Again, we have 250 team members, and so the the That's ability. Incredible. The ability, I use an I use like a lake analogy, Gino, where when you you have a 250 person team member, uh, in-house agency working on 12 brands, that's a wide and a deep lake, right? You have the ability to move from strategy to creative to media to social, whatever it might be. And also like you might come in working on a piece of business that maybe is more B2B and it's not as like, you know, uh, it's not as consumer facing. And so you know, that's also what's, what's enticing is you could come in working on a smaller B2B side of business. Maybe you're doing sales enablement or below the line work. And you say, you know what? I want to work on the Super Bowl brand, right? Or I want to work on an NFL partnership. And so what's awesome about our place is you can work wide and deep. And so, um, but if you're going to do that in an in-house agency, make sure, you know, the in-house agency, maybe what well, I see a lot of brands do, their in-house agencies just handle more of like, We'll call it below the line. It's the, you know, the versioning or the sales enablement or the franchisee work. They're not, you know, the, the brands, big brands that have in-house agencies, but still work with creative agencies. Those creative agencies are pitching the NFL or Super Bowl work. So it might be tougher at our place. You can work on it all. I like that. Yeah. So, so start out agency, whether it's in-house or at a more traditional uh, creative shop, and then you can try out client side. Yep. And then from there, the rest is history. You can either go to be CMO or you can go back and run an agency, start your own agency. The The choice is yours after that. But I think that blueprint, you're comfortable with recommending that. I've been recommending that. So I hope it's right. Yeah, well, it looks um, like you and I are on the same page. I like to hear that. And then, Casey, my last question for you today is uh, yep. if you're interviewing a young, aspiring advertiser, maybe from Michigan State or wherever they're from, I guess – what are you looking for? What's the key differentiator for somebody that you want to hire? Is there something that, what quality strength that, that you like to see? Curious? Yeah. Uh, great. You know, when I, when I have the chance and I, I talk to a lot of young people, uh, I interview a lot of young people. Um, generally, you interview a lot of young people. You, yeah, you got other stuff lot. going on. Yeah. I mean, I'll have, I'll have 40 to 50 interns every summer uh, okay. on the marketing team. I'd spend one-on-one -on -one time with every single one of them. Um, nice. I'm not hiring the interns, if you will, but I'm I'm involved in a lot of the hiring decisions. Yeah, um, and their journey. Yeah, and their journey. I think it's important. Like, you know, like I'll spend time with them. But to answer your question, I look for, and over the course of a half hour, hour, whatever it might be, like, is he, she, or they, you can sometimes just tell by looking in one's eyes. Like, do they have the passion? Are they curious? Are they going to have the right mindset coming in of like, um, wanting to explore and try different things. Um, at the end of the day, Gina, we are in the interpersonal communications business. And, you know, what I tell interns all the time is they join us for the summer. Like, I, I hate to give you a, a cold dose of reality, but you're going to find that sometimes life does not progress much past eighth grade, <laughs> which, you know what? 
yeah, you graduate from college or you're in your professional environment, but guess what? There might be little factions of people, right? And there might be some drama and there might be some folks that don't like each other. Like you've got to learn about, you know, conflict, conflict, the art of selling, the art of compromise, um, being there for one another. I firmly believe, even though we live in such a data heaven, heavy driven world, this business is still the perfect blend of art, science, and courage. Love that. And so I'm looking for people that like can embody all three of those. When does your internship go live? Uh, like yeah, we just started. Uh, meaning, just like, started. We're starting to look. You know, I'm, it's I'm freaking October second. It's October 2nd, uh, but we want best of the best. So we've opened up opportunities for next summer already. Look at uh, that. We'll go through that process. I generally try and, you know, select my personal intern for the summer come Thanksgiving. You got your own? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I usually have one or That's two. That's got to be the time. best intern, right? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. sound conceited, but it's a, damn good, uh, it's a damn good experience. You will, and uh, it's you're, important. We're going to them. My summer intern. They see the good, the bad, and the ugly of what my job entails day in and day out. How, how else are you supposed to get the real experience unless you see the highs, but you also experience the lows? I mean, you know, things that people don't generally see. They're behind the scenes stuff. But, you know, I want to make sure that my personal summer intern gets the full spectrum of what it's like. I bet you one of the, the intern this summer will be a breaking and entering listener. All right. Well, let's see if let's see if we can't make that happen. Cool, Casey. We talked a lot, and I a lot of good, heavy, good information here. I'm really pumped. And uh, how could people reach out to you? Is there like a, the, the internship? Is there a website they can go to? Is is LinkedIn? Yeah. What's the best route to? Yeah, well, to find I'm out? you know I'm pretty active uh, on social. You can follow me at Casey Herbis. Uh, on Twitter and LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, you know, across all of them, just starting to screw around with my TikTok, my TikTok channel myself, yeah, my 12 year old, good. yeah, my 12 year old son kicked me off. And so I had to start up my own one because I was getting more views than him and got frustrated uh -oh. and, um, or go to rocketcareers.com uh, and, you know, we're posting our internship opportunities to join the great company of rocket companies, rocket mortgage and Detroit, Cleveland, Phoenix, Charlotte, and, you know, uh, all around. Well, wonderful. Thank you, Casey. Great. Thank you so much for having me.